Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin or struggle to even feel like you have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there is so much more in there, you just have no clue how to get it out? Or maybe you just want to know the Bible better and you're looking for any resource to help. Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We are two sisters. I'm Erica. And I'm Veronica. We love to study the Bible and help others understand it better. When it comes to our own study of Scripture, we have found that in bringing back the context of Scripture, it adds so much to our understanding. It actually adds color to the black and white pages of the text. So, Veronica. Yeah, do you really want to tell them what happened? (laughs) This is our second run-through for podcast episode 141. Because I forgot to put my mic on so it would record. It was just (laughs) me speaking into the mic and nobody could hear. Could have been a fun podcast. Right, it would have been a fun podcast. Erica talking to herself. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Silence. Yes. But you were complaining. Because you wrote it in like this horrible yellow that it's I like could a barely read. A mustard yellow. Yeah, and I said, because look at this table. It's only colored pencils at your school table. I know. Because my kids. I don't understand where, how you pencil. do school without <laughs> pencils or pens. <laughs> we, we're special that way. Because <laughs> we do school upstairs and downstairs. And so I think they carry the pencils upstairs. Why do you carry your books upstairs, it, though? Because it's cold down yeah, here. Yeah, that's the truth. It is cold. My toes are numb. <laughs> you know, I give you a blanket. I know. If you today. want one. I know. But yes, it's chilly down here. So we do some school down here and we do the rest upstairs. Yeah. So what school do you do down here? Well, the early reading. Which that makes no sense. And grammar. Okay. I want them cold so they're awake for the grammar. Probably. <laughs> although grammar's fun yeah. with the way IEW I-E-W. does it. But yes. And so also I was going to share this with you. My eldest has decided we're not cultured enough. Oh, no. So every time, yes, every time a sibling belches, which we have boys. That's a Nelson trait. It happens, and it it does come through the Nelson family line. They all have to say, pardon me. No way. (laughs) So my five-year-old belched the other night at dinner, and Rena goes, and what do you say? He goes, pardon me. (laughs) I'm so going to drink some pop or something and then do it in front of her. Yes. So that's not say anything. Right. So that's our fun little family. That's we try to say, hilarious. pardon me, because my 14-year-old is definitely into the, mom, they belched. I'm like, they're boys. I they know. belch. <laughs> Can't you teach them? Yeah. She and Kylie should talk, because Kylie still has complaints about boys. her little brothers. Boys. Who are 16 and 13. Right. Yes. They make a lot of body noises. Yes. They're just different. Yes. And the world is their bathroom. (laughs) Really bothers Kylie. Yes. But we live on five acres in the woods. They can be. Yep. We live. Okay. (laughs) Unfortunately, my five-year-old has not learned that we have neighbors. (laughs) So all the kids were playing soccer the other night in our front yard. And they're off to the side. Hidden behind a tree (laughs) was extra. But the trees aren't that big. So you can see. Yes, and yeah. a car drove by, and we were like, Asher. Maybe that's why Rita wants you to Asher. be cultured. <laughs> right. Keep talking here. I'm starting to see more uh, insight into Rita going, we yes. need to be cultured. Yes, if you drive by my house, I apologize. Yes. If you see two little white <laughs> cheeks 
flapping in the wind. At least he's five. And then he at least says, pardon me. Yes. <laughs> so that's cute. Yes. Anyways, back to Genesis but, and, and other kids. But it actually fits because we're talking about siblings today. Oh, that's true. We are. We're, yes. We're carrying on. We left off last week with we need to start looking at these children, Jacob's children, because one of right. them, it gets the blessing of carrying the seed. Right. Yes. And so we have potentially right now only 11 because Benjamin's not born yet. Right. 11 options where this is the first time in the storyline. We actually, well, we did have Jacob and Esau. But he got rid of pretty quick. He quickly. got rid of really quick. And yeah. so that's what the author's going to do again. We're going to start real quick just telling some stories right. about these kids. We don't even have like ages really. Right. And a lot of like what families like behind the scenes. But we're just going to tell you real quick why this one's going to get cut out and not be the one to carry for the seed. Hmm. So if you want to have some fun. Make a list of the 11 boys' names. Yeah, pause the <laughs> podcast right yes. here. Make a list. And then we're going to start crossing off some names. Right. So the first, we actually get to cross off two in chapter 34. That's really nice of the author to do that. <laughs> two for the price of one, listener. Well, these two boys work together. Right. But what we start with is Jacob and his family are settling down. Away and, from Esau. Yes. <laughs> Far away. And Jacob has one daughter that's recorded in scripture. And her name's Dinah. And she is a stranger, is an alien in this area. And she goes off to the town and gets seen and taken. That's a good way to put it, seen and taken. You know? Right. And and we don't know, did, was she by herself? How did this all go down? Right. Was she in a dangerous part and didn't realize it? Was she... The naive country girl that got taken advantage right. of? Right. Was she foolish? Was but, she just an honest, innocent Right. Victim? And we don't even know how old she is, but we can kind of say, figure she was um, of marrying age. She was not a young little girl because her brothers also have to be old enough to dole out the punishment. Right. They're going to do. They clearly were not teenagers. They had to have some wits about them and just some physical... Right. These Strength. are probably so she's young 20s. Yeah. Like upper. Sure. At least 1920 or 21. And so Dinah goes out and it's just fascinating. If we could read the Hebrew, there's a lot of reversals here and similar wording because what we want to see is the word in verse four for get as in get me the girl is the same Hebrew word in verse two for he took her. And again, like we've talked about, Hebrew is a word poor, poor language. Mm -hmm. So one Hebrew word has multiple meanings. So this word has the idea of accept, captured, caught, uh, married, seized, hmm. selected, taken or used. And so all of that behind this is not exactly like it was consensual. Right. This yeah. was not something Dinah was out looking to happen. Right. It was forcefully put upon her. Mm. And then what we see is Dinah's brothers, her bio full biological brothers. Because they're all children of Leah. 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 And Jacob. Right. Leah. Were you in Star Wars? I know. <laughs> I was trying to think, wait, which one? <laughs> what? And so her two full brothers come to her rescue. They're going to defend their sister. 
And the only way they can do that is through deceit and cunning, apparently. Right. Which part of me goes, I mean, obviously what happened to her was completely wrong. Did you have to wipe everybody out? But I don't know. I don't know. But on the other hand, Dad's not. Dad doesn't seem to be doing anything. No, Jacob comes across as a fat loser. Here. Right. Jacob doesn't seem to really be caring what's happening to his daughters. Because if you right. start verse thirteen, it talks about sister, and it ends at verse seventeen with sister. So this is clearly her brothers, right, looking out for her. And so, what's fascinating though is. JPS, the Jewish Publication Society, says in verse 14, the body part used by Shechem yep. in his violent passion yep. will itself become the source of his own punishment. Right. Ouch. The punishment fits the crime. Yeah. You know, so, and you kind of say, um, he kind of asked for it. Yeah. Yes. You know, but so there's this whole conversation with Shechem and Hamor as they're coming to Jacob, and there's a lot of deceit going on. This is not a completely innocent, upfront No, that's true. Exchange. That's very true. They yeah. did leave out. Um, look at verses 21 through 24 on your own later. Look at what information gets left out and what gets included. What kind of conversations could you be having or should you be saying? Right. As you're having this. But in verse 26, no, verses 25 through 29, it says Simeon and Levi took their swords. Again, it's that same Hebrew verb that we had in verses 2 and 4. The seized, the taken. Mm -hmm. Making up for the first taking of something. You took my sister. I will take my sword and take your life. Yes. <laughs> kind of. Pretty thing. much. So again, right. you just see in the Hebrew all these reversals and connections. Again, like right. even having these dots connected. Right. And so then in verse 26, they took Dinah. Oh. And so right. it's the same word from verse 1 when Dinah went out. So you have a reversal. Basically, you could say Simeon and Levi... The account has been settled for them. Dinah went out and was taken. And so they took Dinah and went out. Interesting. So the complete opposite again. Yes. Or you're flipping the verbs yes. again. It's a done deal now. Right. Now with this then, hmm. Jacob finally does get involved in verse 30 and 31. Yeah, he's ticked at his sons. But look at, will you read those two verses there? Uh, Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble on me by making me a stench to the Canaanites and Perizzites, the people living in this land. We are few in number. And if they join forces against me and attack me, I and my household will be destroyed. Which I kind of, I don't know. I don't know what to, I, I don't know. This story is one that, right? You just don't know what to do with all of it. Well, ultimately, you cross Simeon and Levi's name off our list of seat carriers. <laughs> ultimately, maybe that is the only reason it's in here. Right. I think it is to go, here's why. But what's fascinating is when you and I were talking about this, because I said right. we crossed them off the line, but you brought up where what happens to these two tribes. Well, later on, um, Jacob, and part of this I've gotten from my husband as he's been studying the book of Joshua, Part of it is when Jacob dies and he blesses his sons before he dies, he blesses Simeon and Levi based on this story event event, and he's still not happy with them. And nope. so he tells them their share is going to get split 
like it with they're going to get lost within the tribes essentially because of this story and Simeon does if you look at their allotment they are given land allotted within the tribe of Judah mm-hmm. and they're eventually gone mm-hmm. they disappear within the Judah tribe but Levi takes their curse mm-hmm. and actually redeems it because Phineas, mm-hmm. who is in the tribe of Levi, does an amazing thing. I think it's in Numbers. It is Numbers. I'm trying to think 26. Yeah, you might 22. be right. Yeah, good job. And he he is zealous for the Lord mm-hmm. and he strikes for the Lord. And so the Lord blesses the tribe of Levi. And so, yes, just like Jacob blessed them slash cursed them, they are scattered throughout Israel, but it's redeemed because now they're scattered as the priests mm-hmm. who are now to teach the people about God. So they don't get their land allotment. They become the Lord's portion mm-hmm. and they are scattered throughout the tribe to show everybody, here's how we're supposed to obey this God. Here's what he's like. Here's what he wants. And so they redeem or undo that curse that gets put on them because of this. But this story actually, I guess now that I say that, that answers my questions too. That story shows partially what happens to the two men. Right. Why they end up the way they do within the tribes. Right. So again, it's laying foundations for future blessings of the deathbed of Jacob. Right. But also then where the tribes, where these tribes go. But right now in the book of Genesis, Veronica, we're focused on the seed. Right. And now these two. Right. These two just lost it. Lost the chance for <laughs> the seed. They got taken out of the running. Right. So with that, then we can knock out two. Now we're going to get to. Um, let's just jump ahead in chapter 35 because then we'll come back. OK. Chapter 35. We're going to start at verse 16. Rachel's going to die. Right. Rachel dies in childbirth. And what's fascinating, though, is she dies. So the oldest, the legitimate oldest child, who is Reuben, steps up. And what does he do? Sleeps with his father's concubine. So Bilhah. Right. She was Rachel's hand servant, maid servant, concubine, whatever word. Right. You want to put Bilhah went with Rachel. So. We're not completely sure, but there could be some thoughts of Reuben. His mom's Leah. She's never been the favorite. And he is clearly old enough to know that. To know that. Right. And so he clearly has is going to be partial to his mother. He loves her. So by making Bilhah be now unclean, used by him, that makes sure Bilhah never becomes the favorite wife because yeah you can see that i when you said that earlier that makes sense that well you were rachel's servant you're somewhat the closest thing i mm-hmm. have to her mm-hmm. so let's make sure you don't come in and usurp my mother leah hmm. and it also could jacob's not jacob reuben's also been used before by right. his mother with the whole mandrake and rachel way back when right right to kind of help his mom get some leverage so, okay, I've done it once. I'll do it again. Right. I'll get involved in your personal life, mom and dad. Because <laughs> probably everybody in camp and, knows about this And your bedroom life. Right. But also, he is the firstborn. Right. So he could be looking going, well, the rights of the firstborn are one day. All of this is mine. So maybe he wanted Bilha. Maybe there was an attraction there. Maybe he was... 
laying claim to it's mine anyways. So I'm just going to take a little bit of it now. Because I did tell you, and this is where I, when we did last week's, the word used is the same one Leah and Rachel used. It's not the idea of having sex here is not about a loving marriage. Oh. It's the same Hebrew word used for Dinah's rape, for Sodom and Gomorrah and the angels, for Potiphar's wife wanting Jacob or Joseph. So in many ways, it's cast as a negative. Yes, it's thing. not. It's not like Bilha and Reuben had some secret romance going on on the side. Right. There was not a lot of love and intimacy in this taking of Bilha. Which then would make sense. It would make it go back to what you originally right. said. Like he's doing this for his mom. Right. I want to make sure you don't usurp my mother's position. Yep. Yep. Interesting. But it also gets him removed. It, yes. So now we can cross off a third boy. Right. And so it's fascinating. So we just wiped out the oldest, the second, and the third. Reuben, Simeon, Levi. Yes. So Judah's that next. leaves Judah, which, okay, he's next in line. And then you have Rachel, two have boys, Joseph, Joseph and Benjamin. Well, it's obvious it goes to the older brother. So it's going to be Joseph over Benjamin. So really, it's is it Judah? Because he's even older than we've got Issachar, Issachar. Zebulun, the yeah, last so two sons. Yeah, so he's older than those two, so it should naturally come to him next. So it's going to be this now. This play, as we read the story, is it Judah? Is it Joseph? It's interesting because on his deathbed, Jacob gives Joseph his firstborn blessing. Yes, he not does. to Reuben. Mm-hmm. And Reuben, after this, kind of becomes. Less. I, yeah. Like you see his part in the story very much rele- dele- relegated, like mm-hmm. downplayed. Demeaned. Demeaned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's mm. kind of so we've been able to cross off three. Three. But we still do need to go back to the beginning of chapter 35 and just watch Jacob because we're getting him back to the land. He's never completely come back to the land. Right. He met Esau last week in our podcast, but now we need to get back to the completely into the land of promise. And so as he does that, it's fascinating where chapter 34 is all about sexual impurity. Chapter 35 opens with this purification. And hmm. this is where we did talk about maybe those household gods Rachel took from her dad and was sitting on. Oh, right. Maybe this is the time where Jacob's right. like, okay, we're done. Right. <laughs> Let's just clear up. We're going into this. Right. And he's seen God being faithful to his covenant. And so we have um, Hmm. God is going to bless Jacob. But let's quickly look at Isaac's words. Isaac had told Jacob he will receive a blessing like Abraham did. And Jacob, if you follow, actually follows the same route back that Abraham did originally. First, Abraham stopped at Shechem in chapter 12, verse 6. Hmm. We just saw Jacob there. Right. Then Abraham builds an altar. Chapter 12, verse 7. Chapter 33, verse 20. Jacob builds an altar. Abraham moves on to Bethel and builds an altar. Chapter 12, verse 8. Jacob moves to Bethel. Chapter 35, verse 6. And builds an altar in verse 7. So we see Jacob going through the same route, the same motions that we saw Abraham did. And then... We see God showing up to Jacob now. And in a way, saying using the same words, the same promises of the covenant that he gave to Abraham. So we've watched. The covenant is a done deal. 
Mm-hmm. But right. God's coming now and saying, hey, I made it with Abraham, made it with your father, Isaac. Now I'm making it with you. Right. And there's nothing Jacob can do to get to lose the covenant and all these blessings. But it's God coming. Watch what I'm going to do with your family. Watch what I'm going to do. I mean, he's already been doing it. Right. He's been blessing him and faithful to right. him. So Jacob, see what I've done. Here's what I'm going to continue to do. And then in verse 13, God went up from Jacob, just like in chapter 17, verse 22, God went up from Abraham. How interesting. And so now it's time as we go into these next couple podcasts, we're going to watch that covenant now is going to go over all the tribes, all those brothers. They all are going to carry God's covenant. Mm hmm. And so we're going to watch as that plays out. This family's going to expand because that sets us up then for Exodus. Right. And Moses, that's again one of our, fa- our guns on the wall. Right. But the issue we have now is, okay, they all carry the covenant. Who gets the seed? Right. Right. And so, but before we do that, we have a few loose ends we need to tie up. Right. Isaac needs to die. <laughs> Did you talk Rachel dies too? Did yeah, you mention we, that? Yes, because that's why Bill Hug got brought up. Oh, right. Yep. Sorry. So we lose Rachel and then we're kind of done. Isaac's done from the storyline. He's not the main focus. Right. So at 180, the chapter 35 ends with Isaac dying. And Jacob and Esau bury him. Yes. And they come back for that. They come back together for that. But what's fascinating, and I'll get into this again next week. Isaac's actually still alive when Joseph disappears and goes off to Egypt. Right. And next week, I'll break it all. Come back next week. I'll break it all down the time wise, how we can know that for sure. Right. But in this storyline, we just want to get Isaac out of the way. Right. And so Isaac dies. Old Ripe, I forget how it's worded. Ripe old 180. age. 180, yeah. Okay. We, and we said before, Abraham dies at a ripe old age. Right. Jacob doesn't get that. No. Jacob's whole life is filled with a lot of turmoil and deceit. Potentially, probably at his own. <laughs> the rabbis have an interesting story about it, but I'll wait. We have time. Oh, well, because it's in Egypt. There's the reason why. Oh, then we'll have to save that for Yeah, later. we'll save that for Egypt. Okay. Come back for Egypt. But so we're wrapping up Isaac. Isaac's dying. And then, oh, yeah, because we did just point out Esau came back for burying Isaac. Right. Let's wrap up Esau. So that's all of chapter 36. Esau is going to go off. He's going to have these descendants. You can watch. The wealth as he moves, what happens? Verse six actually says he moved away from his brother Jacob. And so we're just kind of wrapping up Esau and he's going to now too disappear from our storyline. Right. And so that means next week now we can fully focus on in these next couple chapters, who gets the seed? Is it Judah, the next in line of Israel, of Leah's children? Or is it Joseph's favorite wife's child? Right. And so that's where now that's going to come back into play. And that helps us then with chapter 38. Right. Of right. Why is that random, disgusting chapter? <laughs> <laughs> so over the next couple of weeks, as right. you're looking at Genesis, as you're reading that, keep that in mind. That's why some of these chapters are included, because we've got to keep crossing off names. Right. So that's. The context and color of the Bible podcast for today. You know what I appreciated, Veronica, is that you pointed out 
that not everything in the Bible goes in chronological order. Yes. They have a, they're very intentional. Moses was very intentional where he put things Mm -hmm. and he is wrapping up Isaac with a nice bow. Mm -hmm. You're done. Mm -hmm. Even though Isaac's still alive Mm -hmm. through the beginning of this story, Mm -hmm. but we want to wrap up Isaac first. So it's just a good reminder. Yep. They're, they're intentional. God does not waste ink. Yes. And so when there's a story in there, it's in there for a reason. It's our job to partner with the Holy Spirit right. and figure out why it's in there. Dig, look, yep. ask, wrestle with it. What is this adding to the story in the text? Why is it even put here mm-hmm. when it could easily have actually been put somewhere else? This isn't just a history book. Right. You know, this is the story of what God is doing in mm-hmm. the world. And it's using historical mm-hmm. things. This is real people, real events, mm-hmm. but it's put in a specific structure, right? To teach us something about God in the right. world, to focus us, yes, on what so, we're supposed to be looking at. Yeah. So thank you for that reminder. Yeah. So, and if you want to see how that all works out, now come back next week, and I will have a graphic. <laughs> you won't show us on I the won't podcast. Show us on the podcast, but you can always find it on our social media because it does help to see and go. Mm-hmm. Okay, because truthfully, hearing it spoken, right, it gets a little confusing. Right. So I'll put in that plug for our social media: Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. Erica has a website. I have a website. And those are just different ways you can interact, see some behind the scenes things, see how I picture all this in my head. Right. Always fascinating. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.